Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's College Football with Sam, and I have good news for Michigan Wolverine fans. Rod Moore, Michigan's best safety, and Will Johnson, Michigan's and I think the nation's best cornerback, is back practicing with the team as of today. Johnson and Moore were rested this past Saturday against East Carolina due to injuries. Will Johnson had a preseason surgery and Rod Moore was suffering from a minor setback. But they both practice in camp today, and I expect them to be playing in this game against UNLV, who is being coached by first-year Barry Odom. Barry Odom previously was the head coach of Missouri for a few seasons, where he was the defensive coordinator there, and then he was promoted to the head coach at the start of the 2016 season after Gary Pinkle retired. And Gary Pinkle was a very successful coach for Missouri. Barry Odom was the head coach for Missouri for four seasons, going 4-8, and 7-6, eight, 8-5, and, six, eight and, five, and then 6-6. Six and six. Had a 25-25 and 25 overall record with Missouri, and he went 13-19 and 19 in the SEC Conference, appearing in the Texas Bowl and Liberty Bowl in 2017 and 18. He was fired after the 2019 season, and Eli Drinkwitz was hired from Appalachian State to coach Missouri. Drinkwitz has had his own struggles with the Missouri Tigers, and it looks like maybe Barry Odom wasn't necessarily a part of the problem at Missouri. We'll see how the Tigers do this season under Drinkwitz, who will be in his fourth season, a season where he is under some significant pressure after going 6-7 and seven in back-to-back seasons. For Barry Odom, this is his first year at UNLV. His offensive coordinator is Brennan Marion, who was previously the pass game coordinator and wide receivers coach at Texas in 2022, and he was the wide receivers coach at Pittsburgh in 2021, the same coach who developed Jordan Addison, who is now in the NFL, went to USC in 2022, and was drafted in the first round in the 2023 NFL draft. So UNLV does have a solid staff, and they do have a head coach who's coached in the Power Five. I just wanted to shoot that out there. This is Barry Odom's return to college football. They beat Bryant 44-14. to Michigan beat East Carolina 30-3 to without head coach Jim Harbaugh, and also without offensive coordinator and offensive line coach Sharon Moore, who is returning in his capacity as play caller and offensive line coach this Saturday against UNLV. The offensive line had some struggles last last Saturday, and quite frankly, they couldn't hold their own at the point of attack against East Carolina, who was sending six, seven, or eight guys every play, forced Michigan to pass. So I guess there is some debate as to whether the offensive line and running game performed as badly as I stated it did. But against East Carolina, Michigan has the players up front, the depth at offensive line, and the running back room to average more than 3.9 yards per carry. I think Sharon Moore's absence, along with the fact that the offensive line has new transfers, team chemistry needs to be built, and Michigan honestly treated this game, in my mind, like a business trip. They went out, they had fun, they did their business, Jesse Minter was the interim head coach, and they won in probably the most dominant 
first half performance of week one out of all of the top 10 teams. Washington was pretty close. Alabama, they were up 28-0 over Middle Tennessee State. And I think East Carolina is a better team than Middle Tennessee State. All in all, though, there were problems with Michigan's performance and special teams, offensive line, the running back room. These are areas to look out for in this game to see if they can improve against a team who, according to many experts and according to research, is a worse team or a similar team at best to East Carolina. Once again, another group of five team, essentially what many and myself view as somewhat of a warm-up game for Michigan. You cannot take any opponent lightly. You can't. Appalachian State happened to Michigan in 2007. In 2013, Michigan nearly lost to UConn on the road, and they nearly lost to Akron at home. Michigan has played in some of these closer-than-expected games against inferior competition, last week and week one being no exception. The point spread was Michigan minus 36. Michigan only wins by 27, though it was one of the more dominant 27-point victories that I have seen as a college football fan. Michigan leaving a touchdown off the board on that botched fourth and goal attempt, missing a field goal, missing an extra point, and also at the end of the game, just very bland play calling. But that's with Sharon Moore being out as the offensive coordinator, and also Jim Harbaugh, who was a big impact on the offense, being an offensive guy basically leaving whoever coaches the defense as coordinator there to do his own thing. There's obviously a loss for Michigan's offense until Sharon Moore returns this Saturday, and I'd say as well until Jim Harbaugh returns a few Saturdays from now to coach against Rutgers. But UNLV, they bring in a quarterback with experience. They have a few transfers from power five and higher level level group of five schools who are backups who are coming in. They have an underrated running back room as well. Michigan against UNLV. This game takes place at, I would like to say, yeah, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. It's going to be the first Michigan game to be broadcasted on CBS as a part of the Big Ten's new TV deal. Let's talk about the matchup. Michigan's given a 98.5% chance to win, according to ESPN's FPI. They're favored by about the same as they were against East Carolina, being favored by 36.5 points. The over-under on this game is 56.5. And And Michigan dominated the Pirates with an elite passing offense and a ground game that left much to be desired, but nonetheless won. And UNLV hung 44 on their opponent. The Rebels beat the Bryant Bulldogs 44-14. Their leading passer was Doug Brumfield, who had 86 passing yards and a pick. However, the UNLV Rebels on the ground rushed for 283 yards, averaged 7.1 yards per carry, and had five rushing touchdowns. They also had one sack, three tackles for loss, and four passes defended defensively. All of those points being scored, including a fumble, by Courtney Reese, one of the running backs who actually led the team in carries with 10, but only averaged 25 yards. Doug Brumfield, the quarterback, also had 71 
yards on the ground with one rushing touchdown. For Michigan against East Carolina, J.J. McCarthy had a great day. 280 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. He went 26 of 30. And on the ground, Michigan ran for 122 yards for 3.9 yards per carry and only one rushing touchdown by Blake Corm, who had a long run of 37. Michigan was very hit and miss in their run game. Donovan Edwards was held to three yards per carry. Kalel Mullings had 4.7 yards per carry. C.J. Stokes and Benjamin Hall each got two carries. And Davis Warren and J.J. McCarthy were not able to advertise their legs whatsoever. These two teams are 1-0. They were impressive in their openers in one way or another. However, according to power rankings and when you look at their roster, the blue-chip ratio, how they recruit, obviously there is a massive talent gap between these two teams. Michigan is highly regarded by ESPN's FPI. Their football power index rated as the seventh best team in the country there, where I think Michigan is underrated. And I was surprised to see Michigan drop in FPI while still posting as the number three most efficient team, or number four, their top four in efficiency, according to ESPN's analytics. So I think the Wolverines are underrated in my own power rankings, which I'll release a video on that hopefully tomorrow at the latest early Friday morning. Michigan is the cream of the crop, number one in the nation. For UNLV, they're 116th in FPI, they're still 1-0, and they don't have four stars, five stars, and UNLV's history as a football program has been rather bad. And they're traveling on the road at Michigan. This game will be played in the big house, but UNLV, strangely enough, had the better rushing performance against their opponent. Meanwhile, Michigan had the drastically superior passing game. So I'm curious to see how Michigan handles this rushing attack and I'm curious to see how Michigan's rushing attack does against UNLV. Because you can't run for four yards per carry against East Carolina and then expect that performance to carry over into victories against Ohio State and Michigan State and Penn State's defensive fronts, who are much more talented than East Carolina. And even Nebraska, Minnesota, dare I say it, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana— all of these teams that I listed, Purdue even, and if I'm missing another opponent, just let me know. But all of Michigan's opponents in the Big Ten Conference have a better defensive line than East Carolina. I guarantee it. And they will stack the box and they will run. Now, I don't think Michigan's offensive line will have that same performance. I think they're going to improve this week, and I think they're going to improve as the weeks go on, as the transfers build chemistry and glue together with the rest of the team that has often been recruited by Jim Harbaugh and nurtured by Sharon Moore, I think that the run game and the offensive line will get better, but those are just my thoughts, and that's just a prediction of mine. I want to see it bore out on the field. I want to see it be, you know, I want to see it come to reality. It is just a prediction after all. And plenty of week one predictions and college football predictions last Saturday were proven wrong, my own included. So Michigan's favored by 36 and a half points. 
They're given nearly a 99% chance to win. According to analytics, this is essentially a gimme for the Michigan Wolverines. But UNLV does have a coach who's coached in the SEC. They have an underrated offensive coordinator who is elite in his development of wide receivers. And they do have a rushing attack. Whether that rushing attack will translate into success against Michigan or not is yet to be seen. But I imagine against fellow Mountain West teams, UNLV will be able to run the football and establish some kind of power offense. Nonetheless, Michigan has an advantage everywhere on the field. They have the better staff. They have the better quarterback room, running back room, wide receiver, tight end. They have the better trench play, the better defense, and the better special teams. Michigan, all in all, has the superior roster, superior off-the-field coaching, game day coaching, facilities, you name it. Like against East Carolina, this is another game where Michigan should probably focus on tweaking things, learning more about their roster, getting in some backups, experimenting. You get, get Will Johnson and Rod Moore into the game, but don't overwork them, don't overwork Coram or Edwards, and if Michigan does get up big, and we all know that's likely going to happen, take J.J. McCarthy out. Don't let him get hit like he did against East Carolina. Don't let that happen. Keep the roster intact. Stay healthy. It is not worth getting injured against East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, or even conference foe Rutgers. All those games are home games. Michigan, their stadium is an intimidating environment. Michigan has not lost a home game since 2020. And if you don't count the COVID year or you count the COVID year, but you count every game in that season as a neutral site because no fans were allowed, the last home game that Michigan lost was 2019 when Ohio State came to town and humiliated they emasculated that unit on live TV. That's the last time that Michigan lost at home. The home field environment for Michigan is goes largely to their benefit and to the detriment of the opposing team. It's not worth getting injured at home. Michigan's toughest games are all on the road except for Ohio State at the end of the season. Penn State's on the road. Michigan State's on the road. Nebraska and Minnesota, I know that Michigan is on paper the far better team and a team who should beat them by multiple touchdowns. Michigan should beat Nebraska and Minnesota handily from what we saw in week one, but we don't know yet. Nebraska has an intimidating home field advantage. Michigan State has a history of upsetting Michigan, especially in East Lansing. That game in East Lansing historically has been a coin flip in favor of the Spartans recently. And Happy Valley, that is one of the loudest and grandest environments in college football. So against a team like UNLV, don't be afraid to play backups and second stringers because even if Michigan only started their second stringers, they would still be better than UNLV at every position. That's how deep this Michigan team is, and that's how shallow this UNLV team is. Barry Odom is going to have to rebuild a program. Maybe not even rebuild. I think build is the proper word. UNLV has not had a successful football program possibly ever. 
I don't think they've ever been ranked in the top 25, and they have rarely, if ever, competed for a Mountain West title or any other conference title. So they're a bad football program, but they have one of their better head coaches and better staffs than they have before, and that's a good thing. For Michigan, J.J. McCarthy, who is mobile, who didn't rush for few, if any, yards against East Carolina, but he looked like one of the nation's best quarterbacks in Week 1. Can he keep up that performance? For UNLV, Doug Brumfield did not even have 100 passing yards against an FCS opponent. Can he get his game together and improve? Because if he improves a little bit, or even by a lot, he may not pass for 100 yards on a secondary that is far superior to Bryant's. But can he put a game plan together and use the athleticism that he has to improve his game through the air, but also keep up his game on the ground? He had 71 rushing yards on seven carries and also one rushing touchdown. McCarthy, if he can keep this performance and build that confidence and have fun and forget about the pressure and continue to play at the highest level, which he did against East Carolina— that will translate into bigger games. It may sound like lunacy, but building up that confidence against these smaller teams, McCarthy never had a game like he did against East Carolina last year. The closest comparison to that would be Ohio State or TCU. And against the Buckeyes, he only completed 50% of his passes. And against TCU, he threw two pick sixes. He had tons of highlight moments against the Horned Frogs, but he also had low lights as well. If he can be this consistently good against the small teams, then he'll, you know, he'll up the ante against Rutgers. He'll face an even better defense and play in a road game against Nebraska. And if he can build off of all of these performances and improve every week and keep his level of play stable, that will mean a lot against Penn State on the road, Michigan State on the road, and also against Ohio State who looked like they had a better secondary after watching their Week 1 performance. At running back, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, do they improve from Week 1? And for UNLV, can they keep up the ground attack? Vincent Davis Jr. transferred in from Pittsburgh in the 2023 preseason. He had three carries for 79 yards and a touchdown with a long of 69. And in his career, he has over 1,000 rushing yards as well. He just got buried on the depth chart by better running backs at Pittsburgh. Michigan at tight end, wide receiver, watch out for Colston Loveland, for Roman Wilson, who nearly had 100 yards receiving last week and three receiving touchdowns. And for the offensive line and also the defensive line, Michigan, I thought, played a very conservative game on defense. East Carolina did an excellent job at getting out the ball early as to not be sacked by Michigan's defensive line or face pressure. How does Michigan, do they change their defensive play, their game plan? Do they execute better on the offensive line? Does their defensive line get a handful of sacks, just one sack? And how does UNLV anticipate matching up with the Wolverines in the trenches? Are they confident that they can force Michigan to run more of a pass-heavy or balanced offense like last week? Are they going to stack the box just like East Carolina did or play more conservatively against the run? Or, I mean, how are they going to do? And how is Michigan going to look, especially with more starters back? 
At linebacker, defensive back, for Michigan, it's just about staying healthy. And for special teams, is James Turner going to be more consistent? But what begs the question there is, will he even get a chance to kick many field goals? Because Michigan with Sharon Moore back as offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. And also Michigan, being the far superior team, they could just score touchdown after touchdown and never have to worry about kicking a field goal. Some players to watch for both of these teams are Vincent Davis Jr. and Blake Corum, who I think are the most talented running backs of each team. Donovan Edwards has a lot of talent with Michigan, certainly rated as the higher prospect out of high school. But Blake Corum, what he did against East Carolina in comparison to Donovan Edwards, it's why he's the better running back. Donovan Edwards has the higher ceiling. He's the better receiving back. But Blake Corum is someone who can make something out of nothing. Not in the same way that Kenneth Walker III can. He's also not Derrick Henry. But he is the nation's number one running back for a reason. And behind an offensive line against East Carolina that often got pushed around in run blocking, I thought that Blake Corum did an an impressive job averaging over seven yards per carry. And he did not get many carries at all. I imagine he's going to get more in this game. And that's because Sharon Moore's calling plays. I think the offensive line will execute more efficiently. And Donovan Edwards as well, with Mike Hart observing that running back room, Blake Corum had the best day. And you're rewarded in a program like Michigan when, you, when you're successful and when you perform well. So I think more carries will be given to Corum since he is the better running back and he puts Michigan in a better position to win. Edwards will still get more carries than he did last week, obviously, because he'll be, he'll be on the field more, not only in garbage time, but also because of, I think, the change of play calling duties. For Vincent Davis Jr. at UNLV, had over 1,000 rushing yards at Pittsburgh, 1,892 to be exact, 17 rushing touchdowns. His best season was the COVID year in 2020, where he had 143 carries for 632 yards and six rushing touchdowns with a long of 74. He also has 413 career receiving yards, having over 100 receiving yards every year at Pittsburgh, from 2020 to 2022, and also one receiving touchdown again in the COVID year. Can he maintain that same level of explosiveness that he did against Bryant? It is doubtful, but then again, he took a touchdown for 69 rushing yards to the house against that team, and only on three carries, he averaged 26.3 yards per carry. So what can he do against Michigan? We'll have to see. He's 5'9", 180 pounds from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And also, alongside of him, UNLV does have some other running backs to look out for as well. They do have Jaden Thomas and also Donovan Lester. Thomas is a freshman, 5'9", 180 pounds. He had eight carries for 60 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. And Donovan Lester had eight carries for 29 yards and one rushing touchdown. He's a 6'2", 215-pound junior out of Plano, Texas. Blake Corum, on the other hand, we know how good of a player he is. Averaged 7.3 yards per carry on 10 attempts last week against East Carolina. 
213 pounds, a senior who would have been drafted in the 2023 NFL Draft, but decided to return to Michigan to try and win a national championship this season. He has 2,565 rushing yards, 32 rushing touchdowns, and has averaged six yards every time he's handed off the football in his career with the Michigan Wolverines. Also look out for Donovan Edwards. Edwards is a player who has a higher ceiling but a lower floor than Blake Corum. Last week, he only averaged 3.1 yards per carry, but he's known for popping off big runs. Look at the Purdue game, the Ohio State game, the TCU game from last year, the Penn State game as well. And then in 2021, when he was a true freshman against NIU, Northern Illinois, he was able to pop off a big run as well. So he is the more explosive running back. If he just finds a hole or the offensive line opens up a hole for him, he will take it to the house. So I expect him to have a much improved performance, Donovan Edwards, compared to last week against East Carolina. The running games are the most, in my opinion, anticipated parts of each of these offenses, as well as defenses. Since UNLV came out and in week one showed that they're more of a rushing team, and Michigan, despite having a greater rushing threat and the identity of Michigan as running the football, playing man ball, controlling games, and dominating time of possession, they didn't run the football as efficiently as we thought. Only gaining over 100 rushing yards, I think 122 was the total for 3.9 yards per carry, that's not impressive against a group of five school who lost their best players and who was a better team last year than they likely will be this year. Yeah, 122 yards on 31 carries for only one rushing touchdown. That was an underwhelming performance for Jim Harbaugh's squad. I still think Michigan is going to dominate this game. In my preseason score prediction, I had Michigan scoring 10 to 14 more points than 56, but also allowing UNLV to gain some points. I thought that Michigan's defense, despite playing a plethora of backups against East Carolina and also having a less efficient offense to control the game, I thought the defense performed at an elite level and they were tough. They bent a few times, but they never broke. And I think the same will occur against UNLV, but to a greater degree, as I think the Pirates are a superior team to the Rebels. Michigan will win this 56 to nothing. Most, if not all, of these points will be scored either in three or two quarters. I don't expect Michigan without Jim Harbaugh and also without a quality backup quarterback to score once J.J. McCarthy is inevitably put on the bench to just help protect him and minimize injuries as much as possible. Michigan will roll with Sharon Moore's return. The offense will generate over 500 total yards. In fact, I would say around 200 to 300 of those will be on the ground. J.J. McCarthy will still have a great day, but the offense won't be as pass-heavy as it was when Kirk Campbell was calling plays up in the booth. UNLV is a new staff, albeit one of the best staffs they've ever had as a program in my mind, but they're outmatched. It's only their second game where the staff is coached together. There are new transfers who are starting all around this team, and they are less talented than East Carolina is. And in my opinion, East Carolina does have the better coach, better head coach to be specific, which means they had the better game plan. 
and I think all these things work in Michigan's favor to have a better performance this week while also facing an inferior opponent compared to last week's opponent. Barry Odom also expressed in a press conference he could not find a weakness within Michigan football. Similar to what Jim Elmora said last year when UConn traveled to the big house, and the prior year when Thomas Hammock, the head coach of Northern Illinois, talked about Michigan. So this team is deep. They're consistent. They have an identity. Are they elite on offense? We'll have to see. I think we already know that they're likely elite on defense, just given the past two years, the fact that they return the majority of their starters and their defensive coordinator there. But offensively, and even defensively, because you never know, losing a guy like Mozzie Smith, a player like Mike Morris, and a man and a beast of an athlete in DJ Turner, losing those players to the NFL but returning most players, who knows what happens. So this is another game where we learn a little extra about Michigan football. I think the real game where we learn how dominant Michigan is, how elite Michigan is, or even if they are elite, will probably be on the road at Nebraska or Minnesota. Those teams are not great by any stretch of the imagination. I think that they have the potential to be good, Minnesota certainly, I think, is the higher ceiling and is the better team right now than Nebraska. Their offenses lack, but they do have defenses. They have defenses that can get after you. They can rush the passer. They can get to J.J. McCarthy. More importantly, they do have stout secondaries that rarely break down in coverage. Their defenses are disciplined. I think that's when Michigan is going to face all I could say that would be a, a quiz or a pop quiz. The test test, the exam that I'm excited for, is probably Michigan State, Penn State, or at the very latest, Ohio State. But I don't want to get ahead of myself too much. Michigan will dominate this game 56 to nothing. Maybe UNLV finds a way to score a touchdown or a field goal late like East Carolina did, but I think that East Carolina had the better offense, they're going to have the better game plan, and they're more talented. Michigan, meanwhile, gains Will Johnson and Rod Moore from their reserves. They'll be starting for at least a half, which means there's a better chance to generate turnovers, better chance to force punts early. I think that Michigan will also have some starters back in the role of special teams. James Turner and the offensive line, their kickoff jitters are going to be diminishing the more games they play in, which means I think a better performance from the trenches and also special teams. So Michigan will get better as the weeks go on. I expect something similar from almost every college football team that is playing in these type of games right now. Ohio State against Youngstown State should look better than they did against Indiana. Michigan State should look better against Richmond than they did against Central Michigan. And Penn State against Delaware, the same with their performance last week against West Virginia. Most of them are facing inferior opponents compared to Week 1, but even if they're facing a team that is worse, you can tell if they're more cohesive, the team's more glued together, and they have a better game plan and things are beginning to functioning like a well-oiled machine as opposed to a rusted machine. You can see those improvements. Like for Michigan State, for example, it would be they start faster on offense. For Michigan, in this game, it would be they run the football much better, and I think they will, while keeping a similar level of performance in the passing game. 
Before we end this video, I want to give a shout out to my patrons, Spencer Bringhurst, my All-American, and also Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, and Matthew Sale. Thank you so much for supporting this channel. I could not have just done this channel and produced at the output that I am right now without your support in subscribers, views, and also through Patreon as well. I had to find a way to diversify my income, and Patreon is helping me do that. So if you have not checked out my Patreon channel, please do through the link in my description. And also make sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and click the notification bell so you can get notified when I post more college football content. I'm excited to watch my university play once again this Saturday, along with the rest of the Big Ten and college football. Week one was totally chaotic. Duke losing in a blowout, LSU losing in a blowout, Colorado immediately improving compared to last year under Deion Sanders. This sport is incredible, and I cannot wait to follow it and analyze it with you all. So we just broke 11,000 subscribers. Please join the community if you haven't already, or just stick around, and eventually I think that you will join this community. Like this video too, and comment your thoughts on Michigan down below. Have a great day, guys.